From the pregame to the commercials to the halftime show to the game itself, how would you rate Super Bowl 54? Best you've ever seen, one of the best, as okay or terrible. Those are your choices. Uh, Voting is underway, and uh, feel free to opine on that. What do you guys think? Where would you put it? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best ever. I would, you know, I'd say the Packers beating the Steelers is probably the best Super Bowl ever for me. Or maybe when the Packers beat the Patriots in the 90s, that's probably the best. That that one right there. When Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers beat the Patriots and they, you know, won. And I got that cool swag, that cool jazz hat. You know, you know, the jazz symbols on it with the purple beak, Packers, Super Bowl champions. It's a pretty crappy game, though. Yeah, but as a kid, it's just nostalgic for me. Then the Packers winning the second one. Then the third best Super Bowl for me is when the Patriots came back on the Falcons. What was that? Twenty yeah. down twenty eight to three. I think that one that one is an all timer for me. This one was this one was good. I wasn't I wasn't right home about it. It was good. How about you? No, Noe? Yeah, for me, obviously I haven't watched as many Super Bowls as you guys. The first one I remember watching was two thousand one. So I, I have a a less number to choose from, but I'd say it's probably top five. For Super Bowls I've seen. Definitely don't think it's the best, especially if you throw in all the halftime performances and the game. I think I'd probably have to go with the best Super Bowl I've ever watched, not counting the Packers, would be probably either 08 or 09. Yeah. Because that was the uh, Steelers comeback against Arizona where that was a crazy game, and then the New England Patriots Giants helmet catch. Yeah, that's, that's what, a good one. That's what everyone says. I'm looking at the list here. That's and what I mean, they- come on. Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen were performing. <laughs> yep. Come on. That's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, I would say the catch, you know, the David Tyree helmet catch, you know, beating the undefeated Patriots is pretty remarkable. Uh, I would also say you got to go because it's, you know, Patriots and it's Brady and Belichick and they're the industry standard. Nine times they've been there yeah. uh, would be a backup quarterback beating New England. I mean, the, and the, the to do it with something called the Philly Special was pretty amazing. I mean, pretty like cool. Nick Foles couldn't even beat out Gardner Minshew, who's like being recruited by porn sites. <laughs> and that guy somehow in the Super Bowl three years ago outdueled Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Right. I mean, whether you love or hate Belichick and Brady, they're the best ever. I mean, nobody's been to nine, nobody's won six. They're the best ever. And a backup quarterback with a gadget play. Beat the that two, was cool. That, so I would say, yeah, non-Packers. I mean, I was at the, the Superdome in Louisiana when they beat the Patriots. So obviously that would be number one by a wide stretch for me. Game itself wasn't that great of a game. But as far as, yeah, just removing the Packers from the equation, Philadelphia with a backup quarterback beating Tom Brady. Pretty is, cool. That's, I mean, that just that shouldn't happen. I think that's another impossible one, to happen. Another one that was incredible was uh, when the Patriots beat the Seahawks 28-24 and Russell Wilson, instead of handing the ball off to Beast Mode to Marshawn Lynch, yeah. they threw it and Malcolm Butler intercepted Russ. I think that just shock factor alone that you didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch puts it up there for one of the best. But last night, it was a good one, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think it cracked my top five, but it was a really good one. Yeah, and then you know you get you you go back and you know from halftime shows to the commercials. The pregame I mean, was cool that, too. Yeah, the pregame was. I mean, look, that all you got a fact. It's an experience. The Super Bowl. I mean, like people should have shown up at my place at like four. The game didn't even start till five thirty. I mean, by the time the game started, everyone was like full and you know buzzed on beers and uh-huh. wine and like have their feet up ready for the game. So like the game starts 
like an hour and a half before the game starts. Was that the longest pregame of a game you've like? Yes. The coin flip happened, and then I swear to God, like a half an hour later, they kicked <laughs> off. Like, what well, is taking you know, they so had, long? You know, God, you know, America the Beautiful, and then and they had the national, national anthem, anthem, and then the Rocks thing. I was okay. Kind of cheesy, but I get it. He's a Miami guy. He's one of the biggest names right now. Yeah. You know, but so then you did the Rock did each. You know, first he did the 49ers, yep. and that was like five minutes. And then he did the Chiefs, and that was five minutes. And then it's America the Beautiful, and then it's the National Anthem, and then it's the coin toss. I mean, that, look, I get it. You're spending that much money. You got I that many it. eyeballs. I you're you're going you're gonna to drain that thing yeah, out as long and as you can. So, I, I mean, but you're right. It absolutely. At 5 o'clock, I'm like, oh, we still got a half hour. And then, like, they made that half hour feel like five hours. <laughs> How awesome was that, though, that the game was earlier? Oh, it's like you beautiful. Oh, yeah. It still got over at like 9.30, though. But no, yeah, it was it 9. Was, my buddy and I were talking. Wouldn't it just be awesome if the Super Bowl was like at 3 o'clock? Or how about this? On a Saturday? <laughs> or even just like a... a I'd take a 3, a 3 3.30 on a Sunday. Perfect. It'd be perfect. 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 Why keep us up super late? Yeah, I just, you know, if... if Hopefully there will be a day in our life, Ebo, that we're still doing this show and that the Packers play in and or win a Super Bowl. I'm just trying to think of, you know, because when they won in the 90s, I was there. Um, and then, yeah, when they won, you know, when they beat the Steelers. Um, I'm trying to remember who the halftime I'm just trying to think won. if we had to do a show today, if the Packers had won last night, like, or if people have to go to work, like, you know, like, what, what was the hashtag for the Fox thing? Super Monday, where the guy's yeah. sitting there in the empty office. Um, how many empty like how many empty offices are there in Kansas City today? Ebo, yeah, the performers for the Packer game. Yeah, I love it. The, the black, black eyed, eyed peas, peas usher and slash. That's probably one of the worst. That was yeah, that wasn't a good one. No, and um, let's see. Oh, ninety seven. I was there. I don't remember. Christina Aguilera was the national anthem, and Deion Sanders uh was a coin toss for the Packers Patriots. Yeah, I'll look it up. Uh, so I don't I, remember, dude. Yes, I was there. I don't even remember. 608-321-1670. Chad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. ZZ Top. Yeah, Blues Brothers, James Brown, and ZZ Top. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, how's your Monday going, gentlemen? Good, man. No, I'm not really hungover or nothing, so that's good. How about you? Yeah, yeah me too. It's just not the same when the Packers are in it. <laughs> yeah. It kind of feels good that the season's like over now, though. I guess. Yeah, I feel better about it because then they can draft some wide receivers and on to uh, bigger and better things. Uh, so, have you guys? I, I'm sorry, I haven't missed it. Have you guys talked about Kyle Shanahan being, uh, you know, on the hook here offensively, maybe for two letdowns? Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean he's he's he, not not the two. I mean certainly the greatest twenty eight three. But I said yeah, Chad. I should have saw the signs, the clues when they're up twenty to ten. And you got the ball in three timeouts in a minute and a half, and you let the clock run out. I should have known then he wasn't coaching to win. He was coaching not to lose. I should have saw the clue right there and, and jumped on a halftime live wager, putting it all on Kansas City. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe he did that. And, like, right. that, that was the biggest complaint about Mike McCarthy I feel like every coach knows that. Yeah, I was they especially do. well, and especially Chad. Go back to the NFC Championship game. What did they do to Green Bay? They scored right before the half, and they got the ball to start the second half and scored, and basically put the pack. The game was over two minutes into the third quarter. I don't know why dude wouldn't learn his lesson and be like, last time we were in this spot, we went for it and it worked. 
I just was stunned how conservative they were. That was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I think the Super Bowl does crazy things to smart guys. Yeah. Because it just Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is like the anti-play it cool. And, right. And, I don't know. It's The only person I've not seen that ch- didn't change a thing was Doug Peterson. <laughs> what do you think of the Super Bowl from, you know, pregame, commercials, halftime show, everything overall, Chad? Admittedly, I didn't catch much of the pregame because I was trying to get some uh, pregame or get some uh, libations. That but, boy. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the halftime show was one of the better ones I've seen in recent years. Yeah, it's entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... it's yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't really don't get down think. with like J Lo or Shakira's music. I'd say, but I definitely get down with their dancing. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that one. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's better than them putting up like Shawn Mendes or somebody <laughs> I've never, ever would ever listen to. Right. <laughs> yeah, where, where would you put it, Chad? Uh, top five, top ten. I mean, would, would, did you enjoy the whole process from start to finish? I, I knew it was going to be a pretty good game just based upon the teams. I mean, you have phenomenal offense, phenomenal defense. I, I'd put it in the ones that I've actually watched from start to finish, I'd put it in easily in my top five, probably top three. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Just, it, it was very exciting. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, thank Thanks, you, thank Chad. You, Chad. Yeah, nothing bad I can really say about it. I mean, uh, was it the best halftime show ever? No, but it was pretty good. It was entertaining. Best man. commercials I've ever seen? No. Were they pretty good? Yes. Was it the best game I've ever seen? No, but I would say it's a top five. So I think overall, yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good start to finish. Right. You were saying yeah. that uh, Kyle Shanahan was pretty conservative. Yeah, which I agree with you. People forget though, he was the OC in that Atlanta game. Oh no, I don't think no, people forget. Yeah. They, uh, it's the greatest collapse in Super Bowl history. Um, yeah, that was I, dude. Up ten, you got the ball. I just I couldn't believe they they didn't take a shot in the first half. But give uh, give credit, Mahomes is the truth, man. We say good morning to Badger Head Wrestling Coach Chris Bono. Some people were at Super Bowl parties, drinking beer, eating wings, watching Shakira shake what what she got. My man Bono's grinding out a win down in Purdue, sweeping Indiana this weekend, the state of Indiana. What's up, Coach? Heck of a weekend for you hey. guys. Yeah, what's going on, man? It was a great weekend. We uh we, we grinded out two wins and got home safe and getting ready for one of the biggest weekends in program history, I would say. Oh, man, we are going to talk about Friday night and uh, maybe one of the biggest events around here in a long time. But let's look back at the weekend, uh, Coach. A successful one for you guys. Let's start Friday night. You go on the road uh, in Bloomington. Uh, Indiana team that's maybe making a little bit of a, a comeback here, kind of building that program back up in the Big Ten. But you guys certainly showed your dominance there on Friday night, didn't you? Yeah, they, yeah, they are. Um, they're getting better. You know, they just had a new head coach in there, and they're getting better, and it's good for the Big Ten. and. You know, like I said, we went in there, and some of our young guys wrestled well, and our horses went out and did what they're supposed to do. You know, Evan Wick got a fall, and Gilder looked good, and, and Gross got bonus points, and you know, we wrestled well. We wrestled pretty good there, so it was a, a good start to the trip. Yeah, I loved uh, Coach the, uh, the the headline on uh, on UWBadgers.com. Holy crap! <laughs> How about Jared Kratiger, the Wisconsin's own pride of Waterford, Wisconsin, gets the pin? Kind of jump started your guys' night, didn't it? Yeah, you know, I guess I should have started there. Um, Craddy has been doing an unbelievable job for us. He's just unfortunate right now that the whole Big Ten is uh, at his weight class. is um, They're all upperclassmen, and they're all ranked like 
one, two, three, four, and five. And he's hit those guys in like three consecutive weeks. So he needed that win. He did a great job. And then I, I have to also give some props to Taylor Watkins, our 197 pounder. He's been battling his tail off all season. He finally got a win um, at 197. So when those two guys get a win in a dual meet, man, we're going to win the dual meet. So uh, very, very happy for both of those guys. Coach, what's it feel like in, in Big Ten basketball, no one can win on the road? You guys on the road dominating. What does that mean to getting a huge road win like that for you guys in your program? Well, it's very big. It's hard, man. Um, I, I, I was on another broadcast yesterday, and I talked about this. You know, what, what people don't understand is we're not, you know, these guys aren't just wrestling. Some of these guys are taking tests on the road. Some of these guys are, uh, you know, they're dealing with schoolwork. They're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with, you know, all kinds of things when you get on the road. So it's very, very hard to win on the road. So whenever you can get one on the road, um, it's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, visiting with Badger uh, head wrestling coach Chris Bono. Yeah, to that point, coach, uh, your your social media department put out a pretty cool video of uh, our guy Trent Hilger on the bus. And you're exactly right. He walks down. Some kids are doing homework. Someone was talking to mom on like a FaceTime. Someone's reading a book. I mean, that's like you guys got like your little like your compound when you're on the road. Oh. Yeah, and 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 then it, and then you saw me on there. I was out there. I was catching up on my sleep. That's where I recover. <laughs> I recover on. I recover on. I, I can't wait to get on the road. That's when I recover on those bus trips. Did you guys figure out the the video situation yet? Could you have different movies we, or anything? We did. We, we we had a satellite TV on the bus and everything was good to go. <laughs> good, so we good got to one. Hear. We were all right. Uh, all right, and then we get to Sunday. And look, I think on paper, coach, a lot of people thought this would be a, a pretty close match. You got a battle of top ten teams. Number four, Wisconsin. Number six, Purdue. But uh, I guess uh, you guys didn't get the message that it was supposed to be close. Dominant win yesterday, 27-14. Talk about the win over the Boilermakers. Yeah, it was, it was closer than the score indicated, but we won the matches that were toss-ups. You know, 184 pounds, Johnny Sebastian uh, was a toss-up match, and he went out and won late in the third period. Um, Cole Martin with uh, Griffin Perry, two ranked guys, that was another toss-up match, and we won again late in the third period. So if those two matches don't go our way, um, you know, the, 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 the match is a lot closer. Um, but again, more proud of, of, of the unsung heroes, Eric Barnett. He was up 7-1 uh, to one against the number six kid in the country, um, and we lost a tight one, 9-8. And then, uh, you know, even Kradinger had the number four guy in the country, 1-1 one one with 20 seconds left, and we give up a silly takedown to lose. Um, and then again, Taylor Watkins, 1-1, one one, you know, and gives up a silly takedown on the edge of the mat with like 16 seconds left. So with those three guys, like I said, you know, I said this way back in the day, 25, you know, 25, 57, uh, 74, 84, 97 are going to be the way we go this year. And, and, and it's holding true. It, you know, when we win those matches, we win dual mates. And, and now the stage is set for Friday night. I cannot wait, man. I, 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 Friday can't get here soon enough. At the Fieldhouse, uh, number four, Wisconsin. Number two, Penn State. You have the four-time defending national champs. They've won eight of the last nine of the Nittany Lions, uh, you know, maybe right now rivaling Iowa's the best dynasty in the history of the sport. It, it, this has got to be everything you asked for when you when you took this job here at Wisconsin for a dual meet like this on Friday night. Yeah, this is it. This is this is why you uh, this is why you wrestle dual meets for matches like this. You know, Iowa just came off our, our uh, Penn State just came off a heartbreaker losing to Iowa uh, in the last match on last Friday night. Um, they're going to be coming in here hungry. You know, they got a great squad and they're they're experienced. Um, and they're number two in the country, man. Our guys are going to be up for it. We've got a great bunch of great individual battles, you know. Um, Evan Wick gets a chance at, uh, at the number one guy in the country. Tristan Moran gets a chance at the number two guy in the country. Um, they've got great guys. Kradinger is going to get the number two guy in the country. Up and down the lineup, 
man, they've got great guys, and uh, we can't be more excited. This is this is going to be a great event Friday night in Madison, and uh, we hope we pack this place. Now, coach, is that momentum you can carry over from this weekend? Is that something you do for you coming up, or is it you you forget about it, you reset, and then you just, it's just on to the next one? No, listen. Anytime you get a win, you try to build on that momentum, right? And we're going to try to. You're not going to. We're not going to celebrate it, but we're going to. These guys are riding high right now. We 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 had two good dual meets. You know, some guys got some wins for the first time. Uh, we had a great bus ride home. Everybody's spirits are high. Everybody's ready to roll. You know, we got off that bus last night at about 10.30, and everybody, you know, couldn't wait to get back in the room today, and we can't wait to go back to work and get ready for Penn State. Uh, visiting with Badger head uh, wrestling coach Chris Bono. I mean, just talk, uh, coach, as a guy who is as an athlete and now as a coach has had a great deal of success. What what Penn State and Kale Sanderson, and maybe even the casual fans heard of Kale Sanderson, obviously, you know, Olympic gold medalist, uh, undefeated college record on the cover of the Wheaties box. I mean, uh, what what has uh, Kale Sanderson done for Penn State in the sport and just how impressive this run has been for the Nittany Lions? Yeah, it's unprecedented, right? He's done uh, something that uh, really, you know, Dan Gable did it back in the day, winning nine straight at Iowa. But, um, you know, Kale's done a great job. You know, Kale's a friend of mine. I recruited and coached him at Iowa State, you know. Um, so I know him real well. He's a great friend of mine. We come from the same – um, you know, the same backgrounds with, uh, with our head coach that, that, that helped us and, uh, when we were athletes. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing him. He's a friend, but what he's done for wrestling has been unbelievable. And uh, he, he's on a great run, and, you know, uh, we're, we're trying, to, trying to knock him off that pedestal a little bit. Yeah, and speaking of that, that your coach, Bobby Douglas, I saw you guys are going to honor him uh, Friday night as well. So one of the Hall of Famers, one of the, the great coaches in college wrestling as well. So we are. Listen, man, we're going to have a little pregame forum up in Heritage Hall. Everyone's invited. We can only take 200 people starting 530 Friday night to about 715. Then we're going to get in the field house and we're going to honor Bobby about 740. we got an honorary coach coming in. I don't know if you know this name, but Dan McCarney's coming in. Yeah. Uh, flying in from Florida. He's one of Bobby's good buddies and Coach Alvarez's right-hand man back in the day. And he's the head football coach at Iowa State, one of my good friends who's helped me uh, throughout my coaching career. We're going to bring him back, be the honorary coach, and uh, we're going to honor Bobby, and, and, and we're going to have one heck of a night Friday night. Well, and, and final thought, Coach, you know, obviously Saturday kind of kicks off the tournament series for high school wrestling in Wisconsin, you know, with, with conference meets. So, you know, this, this the state is yours. The stage is yours. You know, obviously dual meet season's done for the high school kids. We're kind of in the tournament mode. I mean, I know I'm bringing my whole crew out. I can't imagine anybody's not going to want to be a part of it. I'm assuming it's going to be a pretty raucous, packed environment at the Fieldhouse on Friday night. Man, I sure hope so. I'll meet with the ticket staff later today. Um, and we'll see where the tickets are and how we can drive this thing. But uh, anyone that can come, this is the match you want to come. If you're a wrestling fan, you're going to see some great wrestling. And uh, and, and you're going to see a legend. You're going to get to meet a legend. He'll meet anybody. And um, we're, we're, uh, we're just excited we could do our part in the state of Wisconsin to bring some high-level wrestling here. Uh, get these kids fired up. To hopefully some of them want to be World and Olympic champions and, and uh, you know, compete at UW one day. Well, we will be there live 7 to 8 on Friday for the uh, Wisconsin Wrestling Show. Uh, congrats, Coach. That's a hell of a weekend. And uh, cannot wait, man, for Friday night. Me neither. Let's go, boys. Let's get it done. Yeah. There he is. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right. Take care. See you, man. There he is. Badger head man, Chris Bono. Yeah, that's incredible. Penn State's won eight of the last nine national titles. That's crazy. And um, is the stage is Wisconsin's on Friday night. So if you're looking for something to do, uh, we'll be out there live for the pregame. It's going to be a great atmosphere, great environment. So hopefully you can make it out for Badgers Penn State on Friday night. We say good morning to our Bucks insider, Tony Cartagena. Tony, Tony breaking C. news when it comes to the Bucks. Did you set this up? 
I have not set up anything. Did you just see who announced who has accepted an invite to be a part of the NBA All Star Weekend Slam Dunk competition? I have not. That would be that would be Milwaukee Buck, who we always think of as a dunking machine, Pat Connaughton. Let Pat dunk. Will be in the slam dunk contest. They put him in, huh? Yeah, they just announced it, Tony. Let Pat dunk. A white guy from Milwaukee in the slam dunk Ah! contest. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know if that part matters, but I know Pat can get up. That's (laughs) for sure. Pat can throw down. That is awesome. Yeah, that's good for him. I know the last buck to do it didn't really have much success, but he's had a pretty good career since then. Who was Um, the last buck to do it? Giannis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he fizzled out on that one, didn't he? Yeah, he had a bad night. it wasn't memorable. Yeah. Uh, That's why I had we, to ask who it was. <laughs> we we asked him about this a while ago, actually, and he said how he would give Pat some Pat a little bit of advice, but he if this would happen, uh, but he said probably don't do what I did in the dunk contest. So, so it's just Tony. Does Pat Connaughton? Does he got some serious ups? I mean, we don't think of him as a, a high flyer, but obviously he's got to be right. No, we all think of him as a high flyer, like for sure, Pat. So a couple of years ago at the NBA Combine, I think this was disputed a little bit, but he set the record for vertical. Yeah, I saw that. And then, but I think it like came back that it really, he didn't really have the highest or whatever ever, and it was disputed a bit, but he was still plus 40 in wow. vertical. And if, next time you're watching the Bucks, just watch him play a little bit. On offensive rebounds, he flies in there just like with no regard whatsoever. And there's been a few times this year where he'll catch it in the lane, and instead of you know gathering and going up, you know just for a strong layup, he'll take off off of two feet and make it look pretty. So yeah, Pat can get up a little bit. That's that's very exciting. I did not see that news. I was talking to to our guy Nelson a little bit about some uh, behind the scenes action on some of the some of the games this week. So oh really? I missed that. I missed that Pat Connaughton well, news. Tony, uh, it literally happened when Nelson was calling you. So that's, I mean, you. That's why you missed it. It was like breaking news yeah. right now. Um, but no, that's great. I know he's going to be super excited. It's something we've mentioned to him a few different times. I'm sure he'll talk about it at practice today too. So um, that's awesome. I think he has a tough field to go against. So if he wins, this might be one of the biggest upsets of the NBA season. That's oh, for sure. I'm betting. You, I'm putting money on it. I'm, I'm finding it. I'm betting it up, Tone. Well, Dwight Howard's going to be the nostalgia guy. Yeah. Right? He'll, Does he wear the he, Superman he, cape? No, he's going to wear a Kobe jersey for sure, right? Yeah, like, yeah. he's a Laker now. He's got to. Um, Aaron Gordon can jump out of a gym. And then you got the dude from Miami, uh, White Jr., who can – I think he might actually be able to fly in some of his highlights. And Pat's going to be the – undisputed underdog for sure he's gonna win it all you heard it here (laughs) (laughs) but it's exciting and it's another representative for the bucks down at all-star weekend you know dante kind of got snubbed out of the rising stars game they got Giannis and chris in the all-star game which i think is the perfect amount of all-stars for milwaukee you don't think they should have had more no i don't um i i just don't think there's other guys in the east that aren't all-stars right now that probably deserve to be in over Eric Bledsoe. Well, didn't, didn't Giannis say something like that? Like, he's like, we have the best record in the NBA, but we only have two All-stars. What's up with that? Yeah, he, you know, he said that he thought uh, Bledsoe should have gotten in. A couple players and even coaches mentioned Brooke Lopez and things like that. And Mike Boonholzer, I tweeted out the stat 
the night the thing, uh, the reserves were announced. Mike Boonholzer, when he had the Hawks in 2014-15 that season, they had four All-Stars. And then I looked at their numbers. They had 43 wins as a team, and their All-Stars included Jeff Teague and Kyle Korver. And, like, no disrespect to them, but they just weren't putting up big numbers at all. And um, I look at the rest of the East and guys who didn't get in, like Zach Levine's not an All-Star, Bradley Beal, like, those guys would get in. Uh, over Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe is a star on the Bucks for sure. And what he does for the Bucks is extremely important, and he is going to be a key part to their to their run at the Eastern Conference and NBA Finals. But I just don't think he is an all-star this season. Yeah, well, what's Bledsoe known for? I think Bledsoe is most known for nationally is tweeting out, I don't want to be here anymore with the Phoenix Suns. Like, I think that's how everyone knows him. I mean, the thing is with the all-star vote, it's, uh, it's an assistant coach's vote. So I do think that Bledsoe should have got a little more love because I do know when you're game planning for the Bucks, you obviously game plan for Giannis. But Bledsoe, and I've talked to some coaches, Bledsoe gives a opposing point guard headaches, man. Like the way that he, you have to game plan for him, because he's a point guard who is adding a little bit of a three-point shot. He's usually one of the smarter players on the court. He just he, The way he directs traffic, it, it's really tough to – to put into words or put into numbers instead. And then defensively, he's first-team All-NBA defense last year. Yeah. Like, it, Bledsoe is no scrub whatsoever. It's just it's just one of those things where I think Middleton was not on the fringe, but, you know, kind of an afterthought because of the lack of, let's just call it flash, right? Like, Zach Levine has a ton of flash because he dunks and scores a ton of points on a really bad team. Bledsoe just doesn't really have that, unfortunately. So I think at the end of the day, Eastern Conference coaches were doing this based off of matchup problems and guys that they have to game plan for that they really hate game planning for. Like, Bledsoe's on that list. But in terms of the typical all-star that we think of when we're talking all-star games, he just doesn't necessarily fit that mold, in my opinion. Uh, visiting with our Bucks insider Tony Cartagena. So uh, now tomorrow night, Tony, talk about start the hypo meter now. Giannis v Zion. Uh, I'm sure you've watched some of Zion's games. I mean, he's he's living up to the hype. Uh, how intrigued are you to see this matchup? I mean, New Orleans, okay team. Maybe they'll be a fringe playoff team in the West, but obviously it's about you know Zion. Is he the next great one? And Giannis currently is the present. You know, is is Zion uh, the future? Like, what's your takeaway on this matchup tomorrow night? I'm just. I think if you're a fan of basketball, you're going to get to see, obviously, Giannis and Zion. You're going to see Brandon Ingram, who's an all-star. You obviously have the Bucks, who's the best team record-wise in the NBA. But just that individual matchup, and it's going to be stuff that you have to watch, like, away from the basketball. Zion's going to get his. Giannis is going to get his. But I'm excited to see those guys. You know, we're talking about whatever Zion weighs. I know there's reports out there about what he's actually <laughs> hitting on the scale doesn't really matter. I mean, he is unbelievably strong, and so is Giannis. So when the ball goes up and those two are battling for a rebound, like I can't wait to see that go down. I can't wait to see what happens if Zion's on a fast break and Giannis is trailing or vice versa, and just those two really go at it. Because as, as good as Zion is, Giannis is, is great as well, obviously. So it's just going to be – it's one of those – marquee matchups that you didn't really expect to happen because it's not 
you know, LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard or Joel Embiid versus Giannis. This is one that it's the New Orleans Pelicans. They don't have Anthony Davis anymore. Who cares? But Zion is a real deal, and we've seen him in his debut. He scored in bunches and really took over the fourth quarter of that ball game, and we've seen him be consistent uh, throughout other ones. I caught him against the Cavs the other day, too. And I'm just, as a basketball fan, you just got to be really excited to see those two just freak athletes take the court and go up against one another. Yeah, that's exciting. I can't wait to see it, man. Um, how cool and special was it for Giannis to start alongside of his brother? I know it was a lost Friday night, but it was Greek Heritage Night. How special was it for the and then the Kumbos to have them starting side by side? I, I still think it's one of the coolest things in sports this year, and it basically just their story continues to write itself like the best Disney movie of all time, and I wrote a story about it. I know they lost to the Nuggets that night, uh, a shorthanded Nuggets team on the second end of a back-to-back, and they, they had some issues exposed for sure. But the story I wrote about was, honestly, and you can read it on MadCitySportsZone.com, but the week that the NBA had, starting on Sunday, the previous Sunday with the passing of Kobe, and you realize, I think, when that happened, that there were things in life that are just bigger than straight-up wins and losses and winning championships. Granted, Kobe would probably be upset that all of us said that, but I think you realize that there are just bigger things to it. And when I saw Giannis's excitement when he dropped an assist to Thanasis on Friday night and in the first three minutes of the game, I think that moment for those two specifically – it just spoke volumes. Because then afterwards, I asked Anastas, I was like, dude, this ever just seems surreal. Like, from where you guys started to where you're at now. And he, he did a lot of talking with his hands because he was like, look, imagine this. He's like, you're 14 years old. You're in your room with your brother. And you're talking about, hey, maybe one day we can play basketball in front of 20,000 people. And maybe one day we'll be on the court at the same time. Because they had never been on a starting lineup together ever until Friday. He's like, and then maybe, you know, I'll pass you the ball, you'll pass me the ball, and we'll score, and people will cheer. And he's like, when that happened, he said everything just like from his past hit him. And he was just like, and we legit did that tonight. And I think for that to happen, was it because it was a Greek heritage night that he started? Yes. Was, you know, is he on the team as the 15th man and doesn't dress every day? Obviously, that's true. But for all of that to come full circle, I just think is incredible and his mom was in the crowd watching it's one of those moments where you realize like this is bigger than basketball i i think just their family story is amazing uh final thought tony i gotta get tony cartagena's uh, super bowl grade you know uh for i'm we, we when we say super bowl i mean everything pre-game commercials halftime show game all of it what'd you what'd you think of the whole experience um yeah i thought some of the commercials were horrible to be completely honest, there were a few that I liked. So I would grade the game overall probably just like a C. Like, it was just average. Like, it wasn't good. It wasn't great. Um, when you combined everything, halftime show was phenomenal. I know there are a lot of a lot of people on the, on the Twitter not very happy with the music selection or didn't know who Bad Bunny was, but that's kind of on them. you you got to culture yourself a little bit if you're going to be a sports fan. So I was excited to How see. How about the hip shaking? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 
that's kind of a trademark for J-Lo and Shakira. But I just right. thought, like, the celebration of Latin culture and Latin music in the Super Bowl was great. That was um, awesome. Yeah. You're in South yeah. Beach. If you didn't like it, I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, it was perfect. I thought, Nobody yeah. else could have done, done better than those two, considering the circumstances. Yeah, no, I thought it was perfect for, for everything and, and just, just a celebration, really. It's really what it, was it awesome. turned out to be. I thought that was great. Yeah, some of the commercials to me were just, they were a little try-hard, just trying super hard to be overly patriotic or overly, like, the Google one that everyone was freaking out about. Like, no one wants to be all sad thinking about the death of your spouse and loved ones in the middle of the <laughs> right. Super Bowl. Like, that was a force to me. Um, I, my favorite one was easily Tom Brady. Because the way they man, it up he got us all, Tony. He, I, you thought he was retiring, didn't you? I thought he was done. Tom Brady got paid a boatload of money from Hulu to announce that he's coming back to make a boatload right. of money from an NFL team. Right? He's, he's he's head and shoulders above all of us. He is just playing Jedi mind tricks. Completely agree. It's amazing. It's what he did. So, but I, yeah, I thought every the game was the fourth quarter was solid. Obviously. Um, I looked away for a little bit and saw that the Chiefs came back. And, uh, and Joe, you'll probably appreciate more than anyone if you had 0-0 on the squares board. Congratulations. Yeah, how about that, man? Didn't see that one coming. Uh, good yeah, stuff. Hey, man, Giannis, uh, Zion, we'll get you back later in the week to break it down. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow night, brother. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, Tony. Here is Tony Cartagena from Milwaukee. Right, I'm sure the, uh, the anticipation's just absolutely killing you. I guarantee it is. You know, with a big eye roll. But it has become a part of the show. We do appreciate and love Nelson's contributions. We love all of of, uh, Nelly's weird ideas. So, uh, Nelson, do you have it queued up, ready to go? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. This was all stemming from if Greg Gard could finish a stretch of games with an above 500 record, which culminated with Saturday's game against Michigan State, which ironically had to be the last game that they win. So it comes down to the final game. Nelson promised some people were cynical i did believe that he would do it uh nelson promised he would take greg guard off mount notice and it wasn't just greg guard there have been sweeping changes to mount notice so without further ado (laughs) i love that part uh, nelson if you could give us the first edition of the 2020 version of the oft-imitated, never-duplicated Mount Notice. Yeah, we like you mentioned, we got three new members here this week. But we're going to start with the longtime member. <laughs> Who's been around, outside of Greg Gard, probably the longest on Mount Notice. Well, he's staying there. Rashawn Gary. Man, did he stink this year. <laughs> then, I mean, we'll go right next to him. We'll look at it Man, right next to him. did he stink this year. <laughs> Mike Pettin. I can't unsee that 49er game where all they did was run the football every single play and you couldn't stop it. Mike Pettin on. Mike Pettin. Now let me ask you real quick before you get down the next list here. Mike Pettin is on there. Wasn't Sean Meninga on there? He was. What happened to Sean Meninga? You fired him on air. Like, you legitimately thought that you fired him on air. Tyler. Before the Rose Bowl. Tyler Irving saved his career. Okay. With the Packers. But he was on Mount Notice. He was. Pettin's egregious uh, defensive display was enough to... Jettison Meninga off and betting on? I just I can't imagine how a guy or a team can run it right down your throat every single play and you continue to come out 
in nickel and dime packages when it's not working. Okay. You don't even want to try to bring in more linebackers. I was just curious because Petten, or I mean, Menenga never got fired besides when you fired him on air. That right. was his real notice was once he got fake firing papers. <laughs> well, the time was real. <laughs> and then Tyler Irving was signed in uh, pretty okay. much. Uh, All right. So I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to clarify some things. And right, then the we're going to go to the far right. We got uh, Tony Granado. Mm. Just a tough mm, scene right wow. now for Badger hockey, especially with all the talent. I mean, we hear about it all the time. They have all these first-round picks, all these potential uh, pro players, and they're just not getting it done. Sounds like the team's in a little bit of a turmoil here. I wonder what Barry Richter's going to say on Wednesday when we talk to him. Well, I mean, it's simple. Just win. Yeah. And then this is the, this one, is the one that I have a, question a lot on. of people – this is like preemptive. I'm, I'm getting out ahead of I, it. I, I can't believe this one. This is where so, D, this is where you welcome welcome Nelson back into the world of D bag nominations. This is where I question it though. I question Mount Notice after this nominee, Eric Bledsoe. But why, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks guard Eric Bledsoe? What has he done? It's like I said. It's preemptive. I'm getting out ahead of it. He so you got seems- the guy Menenga who was on it, who you're just taking off for some inexplicable reason, like, yet you're putting on a guy who hasn't done anything yet. Bledsoe, okay. you could argue, could be an all-star who hasn't done anything. Menenga, who you fired on air, right? off, it's but Bledsoe times. on. who Bledsoe hasn't done anything besides been good. 2020 is the start of wild times. So I thought Mount Notice, though, was you're telling someone to get it together or they're going to get shipped out. Eric Bledsoe has gotten it together this year. Giannis says he should be an all-star. Yeah, but but Giannis, this is a preemptive for Eric Bledsoe. Giannis also said that he didn't want the Bucks to fire Coach Kidd. True. Is this for the playoffs coming up for Bledsoe? Yes, then? because he's been exposed in the playoffs in his career, where he's a shorter guard that can play defense, but he gets exposed that he can't shoot, and that was that rang pretty true last year against Toronto. Man. I just the, the Eric Bledsoe one I question because Sean Meninga, who you again I can't stress this enough, you fired him on air. It was so convincing that I think Joe believed it for a second. Yeah, I was in L.A. I thought I was you know had had tainted vodka for my screwdrivers I was having in the morning. See, I, I had to go Google it multiple times, and you guys still were dead fast in saying that he was fired, even though despite all the reports saying otherwise. Man, I just must have really been wishing. <laughs> I must have had a really vivid dream. I'll say the Bledsoe. Sean Meninga, you fired. The Bledsoe one, that was the one where it was uh, I was kind of coming up with uh, struggling with coming up with someone to put on that four slot. Guys like Ryan Braun kind of crossed my mind going into his last season. I, I feel like the Bledsoe one. It. I feel like the Bledsoe one's a reach of Mount Notice. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like it's a reach. There were other candidates that were thought, but I wanted to get out ahead of this one because I, I just see this storm coming. I'm just glad guards off of it. He can always get back on. <laughs> But that win over Michigan State, when you saw them win against Michigan State with seven scholarship players, you knew you've had minutes from Walt McGrory. What did you think when the final whistle blew 64-63 and Gardo did it? Well, basically what a lot of the players came out and said, what Tom Izzo came out and said, the team rallied around each other. They rallied around Greg Gard, and they got a huge win against a team that's clearly on paper better than them. It was a huge win. Could it be season-defining? Absolutely, especially with the schedule they have down the stretch. Nelson, could it be career-defining to say that he got off Mount Notice? I mean, is that a a, a big statement? I mean, you'd have to ask him that. For some reason, Heilprin never wants to bring up Mount Notice in press conferences. (laughs) Not sure why. But, I mean, that's a huge win for those guys. 
Yeah, it's gigantic. But, I wish they, Trevor Anderson and, never deleted his tweet. Well, and speaking of gigantic, um, well, what happened say. with Gilbert Brown? And well, I heard it, he was on my. He turf. was in Stoughton. Gilbert Brown came to Nelson's town on Saturday. And supposedly, sun, or yeah, or Saturday Sunday night, or whatever it was. Wherever, yeah, Friday, Saturday night tries to come in on my turf, not even telling me with this Gary hate. Mm. Yeah, but he's off Mount Notice. Now. Yeah, so well, why does he? So where's Meninga and Brown? I'm telling you, there were a lot of candidates. I feel like Eric Bledsoe shouldn't be on Mount Notice. I mean, it's not my mount to you know carve, but I feel like Bledsoe should be off. And Bledsoe's like, definitely the loose candidate. Where I feel like even Gilbert Brown should be on there for him wanting to fight you for your Rashawn Gary takes, or Meninga. But I guess I'm not the one carving it. Uh, and by the way, can you confirm then, Evo, based on some 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 inside information that you did not have, that I apologize, can you confirm that my re- rebuttal to Mount Notice will be finished by tomorrow? Yes. We, can, that's, we, a can big, we, that's a conf- confirmation. We can promote that yes. on tomorrow's show. Yep. I will be releasing the rebuttal to Mount Notice. Yep, that's a that's a Big Ten Four. That's okay. a confirmed. Here's right. the thing with that Wisconsin game, though, because we, we know they all rallied around each other, and that was for one game. Can they keep that going, though? That is a that, fair question. That is the biggest thing. Can they continue to play? I guess Davidson will be back now with basically eight players. Wow. We have a question on Twitch. Uh, the King says, is Eric Bledsoe a fan of Rashawn Gary? Is that why he's on there? <laughs> I, if he is a fan, he's like Rashawn Gary's only fan. From the pregame to the commercials, halftime show to the game itself, how would you rate Super Bowl 54? The best you've ever seen, one of the best. It was okay or terrible. Just terrible. Our buddy Rick James, 84. Great fourth quarter. Junk wiggle during the halftime show. And I was tossing dollar bills at the TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Nelson's boy, Adam Schrader. Top 10. Ooh, your boy. Not great, but was good with a good halftime show. And I love the commercials. Yeah, I I don't know if people bag it. I love the commercials. I thought thought the commercials were a lot better than the viewers past. Yeah. I mean, they'll never get back because they can't be politically incorrect anymore like we could have grown up. So you'll never have a commercial like you would have in the 80s or 90s. It's just, it's it's a fact. You have to accept it yeah. that that's the world we now live in. But as far as the last five or ten years, I thought it was by far the best. They were funny, man. Yeah, they were funny ones. They were like little homage to older ones that, you know, yeah. growing up. And and then you had, um, the, okay, why would you, and I think we agree on this, Miller, why would you kill off Mr. Peanut? And then bring him back immediately as a baby. That, yeah. Like, you're trying to ride off the coattails of Baby Yoda. I get yes. it. You're try- But because you now have a baby Mr. Peanut mascot doesn't make me want to go buy more peanuts. It makes me hate, hate it even more. Doesn't it? Yeah, the Mr. Peanut and the chick singing Frozen yeah. for a car commercial. That was dumb. Because it was a traffic jam and it was a heat wave. Like I, the, Those two I didn't understand. I didn't get why they had her singing Frozen's Let It Go for a... Yeah, Audi commercial. Uh, Bill Murray, uh, hilarious. The best one, hands down. They, they, um, the beef. It's what's for dinner, and uh, uh, Lil Nas X doing their uh, pistols at dawn. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty funny. The Doritos. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I think that was pretty funny. Um, and the kid, dude, the, the one where they they integrated the commercial into the game. And then they went back to the commercial. Like, they had to time that perfectly. Mm-hmm. He delivered the game ball to the ref while the commercial was occurring. That was pretty cool. Like, how much timing and, like, preparation you have to have. If that kid trips, if that kid is one <laughs> second late coming he out of the gate. He starts picking a booger. Right. 
Yeah. They had to time that like he delivered the game ball while a live commercial was going on. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It and reminded to see me him running down the hallway, high fiving Favre and Montana and Peyton yeah. and Rice, and that was incredible. It was. And what I what I enjoyed thoroughly though was the Super Bowl halftime show. I didn't really I don't know all the music of J Lo and Shakira, but listen, <laughs> if you're gonna be shaking your booty to that kind of music, I'm all attention, baby. I'm I'm watching and praying for a wardrobe malfunction. Well, just think about this. It's like, you know, if you ever go like on a cruise or if you ever go to Jamaica, they just have the token Bob Marley. They're pumping in reggae music. When yeah. you're in the Caribbean, you listen to reggae music. It puts you in the mood. Yeah. When you're in South Beach, you listen to Latin salsa music. Who's yep. the best currently at it? Shakira and Shakira. Yeah. I had no. Pr- yeah, I, where's Mister Worldwide? Yeah, where's Pitbull? I, a lot of people. Mister Dave County. And everyone that was with me and all my kids and the people that still know me, the young people. But here's here. the thing: Pitbull is a big name too. He's doesn't you know you don't want to usurp what J Lo and Shakira were doing. I get it. Everybody was at my Super Bowl party at my yeah. house. Was like, where's Pitbull? Where's Pitbull? Where's Mister Worldwide? But wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of unstage what J Lo and Shakira were doing? Because he's a He's probably more popular than J-Lo or Shakira, right? Yeah, right now. I mean, I'm thinking Pitbull's more popular right now. Yeah, when I think, I mean, they're all up there in the same pantheon. But yeah, like, I could have totally used some Pitbull. But I did not want anything to upstage those two booties. But I will say this. As great as Shakira and J-Lo were, even though I don't really understand the music. I mean, I love it, right? You go to, whenever I go to South Beach or Florida, you got to have a little Latin, little salsa yeah, Latin music going. I will say this. No disrespect to J-Lo and Shakira. Last Super Bowl that was in Miami, that would be Prince and Purple Rain in the rainstorm. So that's iconic. Yeah, no disrespect, Shakira and and, uh, and J Lo, but you Prince is by far still not even no. That's that's like the peak. greatest Super Bowl halftime show right, ever. Or or in Dallas Creed when that guy was flying around to hire. <laughs> if anyone remembers that, there was like an angel dude flying on like wires to Creed singing higher, which, which was, was sick. the worst lip syncing of every suit. In, in True, his, but it was awesome. My man Scotty was way behind on his lyrics. Oh yeah, but it was still one. well. He's hammered. It was awesome. Stuff. Maybe they shouldn't have went with Trick Daddy. Maybe that was a good decision. So I typed him in. He's looking pretty rough these days, and uh, was just arrested for uh, cocaine possession. Less than a month ago. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. And I still and everyone's sw- like up in arms about Jay Z and Beyonce. Uh, what? What? Sitting for the national anthem. Sitting That's their did, mo. And they didn't take their hats off. And Jay Z like was a crack dealer. <laughs> I mean, think of all the bad stuff he did. And now we got to look up. We're supposed to look up to a crack dealer. Right. Um, no thanks. I mean, disrespect, does Hope make some good whatever. music? Sure. Yeah. But I can listen to his music, but separate politics. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, the halftime show. I liked it. Again, not the biggest. Not that I don't like their music. I just don't know it. It's not, it's not my my wheelhouse, but that's like but one that of those, booty shaking is a universal well, language. Right. It's a and universal language. If you've ever been to Miami or South Beach, that's the culture. That I mean, and those two epitomize it. I mean that that was a perfect halftime show for a perfect setting. If that's games played in Minneapolis last night, I don't think you got J Lo and Shakira shaking their money makers in South Beach where there's palm trees on the field yeah. and it's called the Hard Rock. Uh, arena, I, I think they got it right with J Lo and Shakira. I don't Shakira. know who we would have in Minnesota. A bunch of people wearing parkas. Well, they just had the game there two years ago. Who was the? Who was it a couple years ago? Remember, I got D bag of the week, Lady Gaga. Oh yeah, that was pretty sick. She's badass. That okay, sick, yeah, that actually. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Who was last year again? Oh, Adam Levine. Yeah, Adam Levine is like almost butt naked on right. stage, and everyone's like cool about it. Well, a lot of the people complaining on Twitter and Facebook, I see are a lot of moms. 
So last year they're drooling over Adam Levine, and now they're like, oh my God, someone please think of the children. How could you How could you put this on my TV last night with J-Lo and Shakira? It's like Adam Levine showed more nudity than J-Lo and Shakira did. What are you complaining yeah, about? Yeah, I literally saw not one post last year during the halftime show saying this is inappropriate. I bet I saw 401 posts Look, last night think of the children. saying, what is this, a strip club? What is this, a porn channel I'm watching? Like, Okay, if they think it was a strip club, they've obviously never been to a strip club. <laughs> well, maybe that. Maybe I've maybe seen some things at some of those places, <laughs> and I didn't see anything like that oh, at the Super Bowl halftime show. How great was that naughty pilgrim? <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I've th- seen some things. When's Thanksgiving? There's okay. some images I'll never be able to forget. How, how quick can we get to November? <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll talk about what the uh, Badgers did. Uh, does 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 guard need to validate? You know, it's like when you uh, you play skins game with your buddies or you play a game of cards. You got to validate that great hand or that great hole by winning the next. Otherwise, you don't get paid. Uh, do the Badgers have to validate what they did Saturday, Wednesday, or this weekend, or has guard already proven himself by figuring out a way to win that game? Badger basketball, stunning win on Saturday. Uh, backs against the wall, people turning on Greg Gard, people abandoning the USS Badger as far as fans go. Uh, King leaves the program. Davison suspended. They can't get the big recruits. You got former big-name players from the state coming out saying, told you so. And then you got former ex-Badgers coming out defending Gard. We had Brian Butch on our show Friday. He killed it. I mean, the whole thing was just uh, was crazy. Uh, up until Saturday, and then they win. So my question now to both you guys, how much does that win erase it, or does Greg Gard need to win again? And the best candidate would obviously be a road game where they're probably a slight underdog Wednesday night against Minnesota to to prove it, or he's already validated. The, the, getting that win is enough. You've got nine games. You've got three in a row at home. Uh, after Wednesday, that that'll be enough. If they just win two or three of the next four, they're they're it's validated. Or do you say no? Screw that. He's got to come right back and prove that Saturday wasn't a fluke. That win Saturday was a season defining. You could I think you could argue a career defining moment for Greg Gard as well. When you have Brad Davison suspended and you have Kobe King gone, you have seven scholarship players available. You even got to go to Walt McGrory a little bit, a walk-on who played, what, four minutes. You got freshmen in there. And what's one thing Wisconsin really doesn't do much of, you know, freshman play? How about Tyler Wall? Yeah. I know Wall didn't have a lot of the points, but my God, was he effective on defense and on the boards. He was, you know, he was a like an engine out there. It was like the heartbeat of the team. So Trice, great game. Pritzel, great game. It was every it was everything you wanted in a career-defining moment, in a season-defining moment. I think right there was their sixth quad one win. That's up there with the blue bloods of college basketball when it comes to the seeding in March Madness, getting those quad one wins. Um, but I think winning on the road is tough in the Big Ten. I think if Gardo and the Badgers, what are they in Minnesota next? Yeah. You win there. You've, if you win there, you nobody better yeah, criticize then this Then there's guy. no criticism. My th- question is, if they don't win there, how much criticism is there going to be of Gard? Uh, if they don't win, they're say, oh, it was just a fluke. Or they they were feeding off the crowd, or there was emotion, or Michigan State was. Well, I mean, were they feeding off the the crowd at the Kohl Center? Stinks. Have you guys noticed that? It's it, not... it got better, you know, against Michigan State because it was a big game and everything. But usually, there's like 
Everyone's just sitting there with sitting on their hands. It's not a very not ruckus f- home no. court. I will say that. But I think that win yesterday, that that shut a lot of haters up, big time. What I mean, you, I mean, it, Nelson took guard off Mount Notice over it. What do you think, Nelson? If the, if they lose to Minnesota, you're gonna not that you would put him back on Mount Notice, but would you be critical or do you say winning on the road? Gophers, by the way, in a very they're even in a worse spot than Wisconsin right now. They're five and six. We're six and five, and they're eleven and ten. Badgers are thirteen and nine. I mean, they had a pretty good team last year. Made the tournament, won some games. I'm sure Minnesota. I'm sure old Patino is feeling uh, feeling the pressure as well. So this is talk about must win for the Gophers. They lose this game, they're they're probably done for. Yeah, I mean, this Wisconsin team rallied around each other. They rallied around Coach Guard. They got a huge win. Now they got to keep that momentum coming and take care of business against teams that they should beat. Like these are very winnable games. These next nine games. And I anticipate they should take care of business. They should win these games. They will win these games. Oh. I, I think hear they're they calling will. for a if win they play, on Nelly? If they play like they did against Michigan State outside of that, what? Seven and 12 minutes, seven minutes and 12 seconds, whatever it was? There's no reason why this team shouldn't finish 15 and 5. I mean, think of this. Oh, I'm sorry. Seven minutes and 27 seconds on offense. They did not make a single shot. Scored just four points overall. And that was after, what, five days after the Badgers had only five points and another seven-minute drought against Iowa. That, Wisconsin, they get, they start settling for these threes. It's like hero ball. I hate when you start settling on hero ball. Like Trice jacking up all kinds of threes. Do people forget, does Nate Reavers forget that he's 6'10", 6'11"? Take the ball down low, bang on the rack, and, yeah. and if you don't make it, then get a foul. Because what do we see lately? It's they were... The refs, referee crew is calling fouls nonstop. Go down low when you're on one of these draws and bang. I don't understand why you go into this hero ball mode. Um, I think if Wisconsin can fix that, then they'll win on the road. If they don't go into that hero ball, they can do it. Uh, 608-321-1670. Yeah, I just wonder, because um, Minnesota's not great, but it is a road game. They are definitely um, hanging on by a thread for their postseason chances. So I just wonder what the reaction will be. Uh, if the Badgers lose that game on Wednesday night, if they win, forget about it. Any, any, you know, anyone who criticized this team uh, up until Saturday, you're you're a clown if they win. And then you know if they come back home and beat Ohio State, which they should, I would think on Sunday. You go on the road again, tough to go on the road, but Nebraska's terrible. They've only won two games. Then you get Purdue at home. Then you get Rutgers at home. Then you go to Michigan, who's completely falling apart. Then you get the Gophers back at home. Northwestern's in dead last. Yeah. And then by March 7th, your last game at Indiana, who knows? If Wisconsin has won six or seven games and they're locked into like a four seed in the Big Ten tournament and they're locked into being in the NCAA tournament, you know, how much do you get up for that game? If this so, Badger team gets locked in, do you think they lose another game? I mean, not this schedule. It's it's a beautiful schedule. I mean, nine in a row is a tough get for anybody. And but, but what a confidence builder and just a rallying cry Saturday. That was great. Uh, Justin, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, I was just thinking about this over the weekend. Uh, since most of the basketball players, a lot of the football players, uh, live in room together, I wonder who is roommates with Kobe King. You know, I thought the exact same <laughs> thing, Justin, because, yes, the athletes all live together. Talk about awkward. There's no way. He, he's got to have yeah. moved out. He's got to have moved out, right? You would think so. Like I could imagine sitting in the place playing Xbox on Saturday morning. Oh, what are you guys doing today? <laughs> oh, you know, we've got a little game. 
Yeah. What? A, I mean, how big was that win though on Saturday, Justin? Um. Yeah. It definitely sets us up. You I mean so many times you see guys rally when when they get their backs against the wall a little bit like that. So not super surprised, but I think it was more. Hitting those shots in the first half was clutch, and Michigan State was not great. And uh, Tillman had a terrible game. I mean, he gift-wrapped us that game. I, I don't know where his head was at, um, but he definitely didn't look like the potential All-American player that he, he could and should be for them. Uh, do you think they go on a roll here, Wisconsin, Justin? Is this like the spark? Do they go like you know on a, a big-time run here these last nine games? Oh, I I. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it, but it's like I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks, That's buddy. funny. Uh, good to hear from you, man. And I thought the same thing. You know, it's like, did he come home Wednesday night? Does like anybody in the apartment speak to him? Or I mean, he's a junior, so I'd assume he's off campus living now. Sure. I'm sure, he's living with a couple teammates. Like, or maybe this would be the spoiler alert. Maybe he doesn't live with teammates, and maybe that was, you know, maybe maybe that's more to the story. Yeah, I mean, I just. But that would be weird. Yes, Justin. If they, if, I wall. assume he's got Basque teammates that are roommates. That would be awkward. I would definitely say that would be awkward. I'm going to read a couple tweets after that Michigan State game. Uh, John Luer, hell of a win. Coach Guard and the staff deserve a ton of credit for this one. Everyone came together in the midst of adversity. Makes me proud to be a Badger. You got Sam Decker saying, big win, love it. Boys deserve some beers after that one. After a long week, they showed a lot of character. Frank Kaminsky says, anyone can lead a team when it's easy. You find out a lot about a leader when things are hard. Can't give Coach Guard enough credit for constantly battling through what he's had to deal with this year. Very proud. His actual Walter winning take care of everything. And then Trevor Anderson with the tweet, which is now deleted. I wish he never would have deleted it. Maybe someone from the program got into his ear. But he had quote tweeted Wisconsin basketball's Twitter account saying, like, you know, big win or whatever. And Trevor Anderson basically demanded apologies from everyone talking yeah. smack about the Badgers. And uh, now he deleted it. He should never delete it. No. Be proud of what you accomplished. Uh, speaking of accomplished, Nelson's accomplishment, the new Mount Notice, uh, even though, you know, he made the NFC Championship game and set a rookie record for wins, you know, you still call him LaFraud, Nelson. So at some level, I was wondering if Matt LaFleur would show up on Mount Notice. Uh, bad news or maybe good news, depending on which side of, your, of the argument. According to Adam Schefter, the 49ers have re-signed passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur of the San Francisco 49ers. So there will be no LaFleur brother reunion. He was going to be a uh, free agent coach. Maybe some people thought he'd come in and be the OC with his brother. Yeah, they tried. LaFleur tried. tried Matt LaFleur tried. So, no, bad news. Uh, Mike LaFleur re-inked. By the San Francisco 49ers. I could honestly care less what LaFleur's brother signs a contract with the 49ers. I just hope LaFleur can go out and find an OC that can call plays. That's all I care about. Nathaniel Hackett. Man, poor old Nathaniel. He's not really hacking it. Um, I just can't get over the stat. Kyle Shanahan now has been a coach on two Super Bowl teams with the highest win probability that ended up losing the game. Yeah. The Falcons 99.7% against the Patriots. We all know what happened, 28-3. And the 49ers last night, uh, 96.1%. He owns both of them. How'd you That's like that stat yeah, hanging how'd around you like your head? like to have that? Um, oof, tough, tough, <laughs> tough. <laughs> Shanahan, right. the ultimate choker? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. 608-321-1670. I heard he's about to get paid. They're going to re-sign because him and Lynch are coming up on contracts too. So, now Mike LaFleur, Shanahan, John Lynch. Although... Tell me how the Super Bowl loser has done the last few years. Hasn't gone well the next season 
for the Super Bowl loser. That would be the Rams and Falcons. Believe both of them missed the playoffs the last two years. So, just saying. Packers, I'm saying there's a chance. (laughs) 